For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time for Tim. The Tim Weisberg Show on 1420 WBSM and streaming live on WBSM.com and the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message through the WBSM app. And now, WBSM's big gun, Tim Weisberg. Good morning. Happy Monday to you. Welcome into the program. Hope that you had a great weekend. And uh, I did. Yeah. Saturday, I caught up on some things, wrote a story, wrote a story at WBSM.com and on the app about how, if you remember back in January, right at the beginning of the year, we reported that uh, the CBS Sporting Club was going to be permanently closing at Gillette Stadium at Patriot Place. And uh, we actually broke that story because someone that I know that was employed there gave me the tip that they had told the employees the previous Friday that the, when the season was over for the Patriots, uh, so was your job. So we knew then that they were negotiating with somebody to come in and take over that space, and it was announced last at the end of last week that it's actually the harp which is a a very well-known sports bar that has been outside of TD Garden for about, well, 30 years. They're celebrating their 30th anniversary this year. And they've become synonymous with a place to go pregame and postgame, depending on, you know, what time the game gets out. And uh, it has been a place that has been linked in now with some of the, the Boston Championship runs. The Celtics, Banner 17, the Bruins. I mean, they've they've certainly been right down there as part of that mix, and now they get to join in for the Patriots as well in the space that will be overlooking Gillette Stadium. They might have to wait a little while for the Patriots to, to win another championship, but <laughs> they'll still be there, and uh, they'll still be able to supply you with a, a good sports bar atmosphere to be able to cheer the team on. I like the harp. I go there before concerts. When I was covering the Celtics, I would drive right into the city, drive right into the North Station garage, and I would uh, I would basically just go right to work. So usually I would go up to the press box. Now, when I first started covering the team, I had a courtside seat, if you can believe it. The 2001-2002 season, I think it was. So I think it was like December of 2001 that I first covered a, a Celtics game. And my, my seat was literally courtside. I would be sitting in the front row of the press tables. The press tables went two, two rows deep. But I would be in the front row because there just wasn't that much media covering 
the Celtics at that time. You could be the new guy coming from the little paper in New Bedford, and they would they would give you a courtside seat. And when the new ownership, well, the current ownership came in, Wick Grouse, Beck, Steve Paliuka et al., when that group came in, they decided that they could actually sell those seats, so they moved us back, and we got moved all around until the last couple of seasons that I was covering the, the team, I was up in the halo, the press box at the top that the Bruins press sat in. And it's, it's, it's hard to cover an NBA game from up there. It's different with hockey where you see everything kind of play out in front of you. For the Celtics, for basketball, you kind of want to be courtside. So you can see the interactions between the players and the referees and really see what's going on. But there's so many TVs around now that, you know, you don't really miss that much. If Johnny Most can call numerous championships from high above courtside, I could write a couple articles. But I never, I never spent any time at any of the bars around there. But before a concert, especially when I would go to see U2, always going to go to the harp first because they usually had Joshua Tree playing, which is a great U2 tribute band. So now you'll have that coming to Gillette Stadium, that same type of atmosphere. So I'm, I'm excited for that. I don't cover the Patriots anymore either. I've thought about trying to go back and covering it for WBSM. But I don't know. It's a long day. And doing it for 20 years, I, I think it's, it's fair to say I had my time. You know, let that seat go on to a, to a younger reporter from a, I'd say from a younger newspaper, but it, it won't be. It'll be from a, from a website. But anyway, that story is up there for you to read, and you can see a photo of what the harp is going to look like. So that's what I did Saturday. Yesterday, I went out with my friends Stephanie and, and Scott, and we filmed content for... They've got a TV show coming out, as I've mentioned, uh, later on this year, and they are going to you know change the game for, for Paranormal TV based on what they're telling me that, you know, they can't tell me much, but they're telling me that the stuff that they got blows their minds and they've seen it all. So uh, we decided to go out and film some stuff that they could put up uh, on their social media and kind of help push the show and get people ready for the show and kind of talk about some of the legends of this area. And so we went out and went through the Bridgewater Triangle, spent some time at Assawamset Pond, Anawan Rock, the Royal Wampanoag Cemetery, I even learned about something that I didn't know. For years, my in-laws owned a house in the neighborhood of the Heritage Hill Golf Course. They were one street down from, from the clubhouse. Like one street, they, they were one street down from the main action. Not one street over, but one street down on, on the hill. And I never realized that there's a, a stone tower up there, the Lakeville Tower. It's part of the sailor's home that was there. So I'm going to do some digging into that. Maybe write something up. If you know anything about it, you know, send me some info. Tim at WBSM.com or on App Chat on the WBSM app because I haven't started looking into it, but I'd, I'd never heard of it. So got a couple story ideas out of the uh, travels yesterday. But I want to go back to Friday. If you remember Friday, we were having the discussion about the videos being released regarding the incident at the, you know, characterized as a riot, but probably was not a riot. 
but the videos were finally released by the state attorney general's office. And as, uh, as if you remember correctly, Sheriff Paul Harrow just kind of dropped that tidbit on Marcus at the end of an interview Thursday night. And so Marcus was like, well, can you tell us what you saw on the videos? And he held them over a little bit on the interview and Sheriff Harrow gave his opinion on it uh, on Friday night. Now, so, so Friday, Thursday night, Marcus started working immediately on trying to get us access to those videos. We got it Friday morning. Now, instead of doing what some other outlets did where they, they might have cherry-picked and said, we're going to put this video up, we're going to use this video, we're going to use this video, we said we want to put all the videos up there for everybody to be able to see. There was so much conversation about it back when it happened, back in May of 2020, and even uh, on Friday, people talking about it, that we said we've got to put all the videos up for everybody to see if we can get access to them and get permission. We got access to them. We got permission to, to, to post them. The internet was not our friend on Friday. It took a long, long time to download all the videos and then to upload them to our YouTube channel. But we spent a number of hours doing that. I, I, I spent a number of hours doing that. Uh, Kate was working there trying to download them all and then... I went in and uploaded them all to YouTube and we got them posted there. So you can see all 30 videos. It, you can go to our YouTube channel if that's how you want to view them. But if you go to our story at WBSM.com and on the app, we have embedded all 30 videos. I'm not in the exact order. I mean, I spent hours trying to figure out exactly which goes, which video goes after which. And after struggling to figure all that out, I said, you know what? I don't think it matters if people can just see all the videos and then I posted them in what I thought was the right order. And then after I posted them, I was like, I think I was a little bit off in some of the order, but whatever. Some of the ones that I think I might've should have saved to the end are just shorter videos. Anyway, I think the big 17 minute chunks are all pretty much in the right order and you can see what happened and you can see the aftermath of what happened. So you can watch those all for yourself and make your own determination, but on Friday night, South Coast Tonight had former Sheriff Tom Hodgson in, and he was in for the entire first hour, and he talked about what was in the videos. And it was interesting because we had a very good transition from Hodgson to Haro, and former Sheriff Hodgson had a lot of nice things to say about Sheriff Haro, even in, in Friday's discussion but let me tell you what he said exactly about the way that Sheriff Harrow characterized what he saw in the video well first first, if you didn't hear Sheriff Harrow's comments uh, he took issue to a couple of things he said that for the most part Hodgson's recounting of what happened was mostly correct but he took issue with the fact that there was one detainee who claimed that he had bad knees when they when they so the the, the detainees didn't want to leave the ice facility to go into the main jail to be covid tested the detainees had complained about the lack of social distancing within the ice detention center they had complained about what they felt were unsanitary conditions in there. 
uh, in the face of the, you got to keep in mind, this is the very beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. And they didn't want to go into the main facility because they had heard that it was even worse in there. And so they felt like they were being exposed more to COVID by going into that main facility. And honestly, I think if you are an ICE detainee and you're in the ICE detention center, if somebody says, we're going to go into the main jail building, you're, you might be thinking to yourself, I'm not coming out of the main jail building. They're going to throw me in a cell. So there was a desire on their part not to leave the detention center. And Sheriff Haro said, you know, I don't know why they didn't just bring a few nurses over to the detention center to test the detainees there. There was about 10 detainees who were showing multiple signs of, of COVID-19. So why not just bring the nurses over there? Now, I don't know the logistics of that, and I, I don't recall former Sheriff Hodgson getting into the logistics of that part of it with Marcus and Chris. But that was his, you know, he said if they had just done that, this could have avoided the whole situation. But what he took issue with, Haro did, was in watching that video, there was one detainee when they when the detainees trashed the, the unit. I mean, there's no doubt you can see that. You can see that in the video. They trashed the unit. And I don't think that they... I mean, I guess you probably can't see anything, but I don't think they did nearly as much damage as was, was originally characterized. But then the corrections officers come in and move everybody out of the detention center main main facility, the main detention area, moves them, move them outside into a fenced-in area and have them all get on their knees against the wall. Now, this is quite a while after the room has been trashed. They kind of had their tantrum and then they were just kind of walking around. So they come in, they bring them out, they put them against the wall on their knees and there's one gentleman who's saying, one, one detainee who's saying, I can't go down on my knees, I have bad knees. And even Sheriff Harrow admitted as, as he was talking to Marcus about it, we don't know if that's true or not. You know, but you gotta, you know, the, you got to take him at his word and come up with an alternate plan. It wouldn't have been that hard to have him instead get on his butt, then roll over onto his stomach, place his hands behind him, and then you could still accomplish what you were trying to accomplish, which is to detain him and keep him in a position where he would remain detained, that he's not going to get up and try and do anything. So they could have done the exact same thing if they had done it that way. And he also took exception with the fact that this person, as they were determined to put the flex cuffs on him and he didn't want to get down on his knees, they forced him down onto his knees and they had pushed him up against a chain link fence. And you can see in the video, it's part 22. It's embedded in the story during the part where we have Haro's comments on this. They have him up against the chain link fence. His face is up against the fence. Now, it doesn't look to me like anybody's pushing his face up against the fence, but it looks like he's kind of fallen into the fence. And there is an unmuzzled dog on the other side of the fence barking in the man's face as the man is screaming. Now, I think that the man screaming is probably what set the dog off for barking. But this situation didn't have to happen. 
So Sheriff Hodgson was with South Coast tonight on Friday. And, and Sheriff Haro's comments were, let me, let me read you what he said. When somebody's face is being pressed up against a chain link fence, on the other side of the fence, you've got a dog without a muzzle barking 12 inches from the guy's face. There's no legitimate purpose to that. He's in cuffs. There's a, 12, there's a dog 12 inches away from his face, sharp teeth barking in his face, and he's screaming in agony. There's no legitimate purpose for that whatsoever. So think of that. So that, I think, is a clear case of excessive force. The whole thing just went sideways. So when Hodgson was responding to that on Friday night, he said that uh, while Haro, quote, had the right intentions in mind, quote, he doesn't have the experience, doesn't have the understanding as to what occurred. And this is uh, Hodgson's quote. It's a disservice and frankly irresponsible to make the assessment. If you're not somebody that under understands this, don't understand the circumstances. It's not in your best interest or in the best interest of the public to come out and start commenting on this. Well, that's kind of the right that he won when he won the election. So he does have a right to comment on it. And I think belittling what he might know about the situation just to make yourself look better is a cheap shot. Just as some people might feel that, you know, Haro commenting on it is a cheap shot. I think that what what Sheriff Hod, former Sheriff Hodgson said was a cheap shot. Uh, he said, the fact that he's up against the fence with a dog on the other side of the fence, those dogs are there for perimeter security and dogs bark, Hodgson said. Do we have a problem with that? No. It sends a message to people that already trashed a unit at the taxpayer's expense. That dog was never coming through the fence. Okay, but you... You're not, what are you trying to do here? Are you trying to control the situation? Or are you trying to punish the people who did this? The dog was not controlling the situation in any way. It was an intimidation move. You were trying to intimidate this guy. And, and former Sheriff Hodgson's defense of how they handled it is, well, everybody else got down on their knees and this guy wasn't. Nobody else was up against the fence, so what does that tell you? And he said that he doesn't expect that his officers would know the medical history of everybody involved in this situation as the situation is unfolding. And that's totally fair. Except these are not hardened criminals. These are immigration detainees. You can take his word at it and find a different way to get him into those cuffs. I think Sheriff Haro's assessment of that was absolutely correct. And I, I, I don't know, just in watching the video, and I was watching all of them multiple times as I'm trying to get them all uploaded and, and embedded into the story for you, I just don't see the overwhelming sense of danger that is being characterized as what went on here. Now, again, with this, these are only the handheld cell phone camera and handheld camera footage that we were able to see. The surveillance photos have not been, the surveillance videos have not been released and, and probably won't be released because it would reveal the, the location of those hidden security cameras. Totally understandable. Uh, so, here we have former Sheriff Hodgson saying that the, uh, the report from the Department of Homeland, Se Department of Homeland Security should have, should exonerate 
the Bristol County Sheriff's Office in this situation, and he's calling on Secretary Mayorkas to release that. So all we can do is take what we have and make the assessments based on that until we see that report. We know that the uh, attorney, state attorney general's report uh, did say that it found that it was an excessive use of force. But as, as Sheriff Hodgson said, it was a political, politically motivated report. And he says the same thing about Homeland Security not releasing that report. He has a good point. I'm not in office anymore. You don't have anything to gain by holding back that report. So let's see it. I join him in that in that chorus of let's let's get that report released. 508-996-0500 if you want to call in and chime on that chime in on that or anything else in your mind you can also send us an app chat message on the WBSM app and you can send us an open line voicemail message on the WBSM app as well and we can play that on the show. But right now I'm late for a break. We're going to take one and be back in just a few moments. In 508-996-0500 if you want to call in app chat or open line on the WBSM if you want on the WBSM app if you want to utilize that to either text in or send a voicemail and uh, it is actually uh, one of the many features both of those are some of the many features on the WBSM app including live streaming including podcasts including being able to set the alarm to wake you up with WBSM and you can keep it going all day long. You get breaking news alerts. You can get live traffic and weather. All of that brought to you by our friends at South Coast Towing. So it's uh, it's really the most important app on your phone. I was actually clearing space out on my phone yesterday and uh, because my phone was getting full. I was out taking photos and videos as we were going around the Bridgewater Triangle which, by the way, we had a, a very interesting discussion this week on Spooky South Coast, which I'll, I'll probably mention here in a little bit because it was something that we were talking about last week on the program. But I was going through all these apps, deleting some apps that I don't use anymore to try to free up space because I was down to like one gigabyte of space left on my phone's hard drive. And I start looking at all these apps and how big some of these apps are and how much space they take up on your phone and for what? For something that I barely ever open. And like the Airbnb app is huge. And I don't even use Airbnbs. I don't even know why I have the app on my phone. But I'm looking at the WBSM app and I'm thinking, it's such a small amount of space on my phone for all of the stuff that it does for me. And it makes it so that I don't need to have a live streaming audio app you know, like all of those different uh, radio streaming apps, you don't need those. Get rid of those. You can get it right in the WBSM app. All of my weather apps, don't need those. That's in the WBSM app as well. Google Maps traffic, Waze, all of those, don't need them. Live traffic in the WBSM app, although I do still use Waze. So 
all of these things that I had multiple different apps for, it's all right there. Makes it nice and easy, and they're always improving it. So it's definitely worth downloading if you haven't already. You can get it from your app store, or you can get it from wherever you get your apps, if not from the app store. And if you can't get it there, just go to WBSM.com, click on the Listen tab, and there's an option there that will actually email the app right to your phone. And if you still can't figure it out, send me an email, Tim at WBSM.com, and I will make sure that that app gets on your device. So I was talking about the uh, video footage that was released by the state attorney general's office of this May 1st, 2020, you know, riot. And I use that in quote, air quotes because even Sheriff Haro said, you know, I wouldn't characterize it as a riot. It was a tantrum, really, that did lead to destruction of property. And you can see in the videos that there is, you know, there's... there's um, Washing machines and dryers thrown against the door, tables, chairs. You can see, uh, looks like computers were smashed up. So there was significant financial damage. But it wasn't like they completely ruined the detention center, which was how it was characterized to us when it first happened. And you can see for yourself exactly how it all plays out. Some of the videos you'll watch and there'll be 17 minutes of not even seeing anything happening. There might be 17 minutes of in, uh, detainees wandering around inside the detention center after they've trashed the place, just kind of stumbling around, killing time. You may also see 17 minutes of when they're filming from the outside of the detention center through the chain link fence of the yard and you really can't make out what's going on in the windows. There's a couple of videos like that. And you might think to yourself, well, why did you spend the time to download and upload those if we're not really going to see anything happening in those videos? And, and that's kind of the point, first of all, that um, you know there was huge amounts of time where nothing was going on in the five and a half hours of footage that's there, but also... To be transparent, we wanted to get all of the videos up there. So even if nothing was happening in a particular video, we weren't just cherry-picking what we thought was the juicy stuff. You know, we kind of could embed the stuff that was important where things were happening that we thought you needed to see within the story. But at the end of the story, I just put all 30 videos in what I thought was close to the right chronological, chronological order. I'm probably off. But I thought it was important that if the videos were released that it was important for you to be able to see them. So if we had permission to post them all, I was going to post them all. Now, you might not watch them all, but they're there for you. And uh, if you don't want to read the article itself and just see the videos, they're on the YouTube channel, but it's, it's much easier and they're laid out much more in order on the website and on the app. And if you go to the website, it's in the upper right-hand corner, you'll see there under the featured stories, uh, it'll be the first thing that shows up to make it easy for you to be able to find it because I want to make sure that you had access to all of it. 508-996-0500. Good morning. You were on WBSM. Hey, good morning. Uh, I'm glad you brought out the fact that uh, Sheriff Hodgson was treated terribly concerning the content of what was there. 
How so? How so? Why not so? Maureen Healy and the gang, when she was attorney general, they uh, snuffed it. Let people, uh, wild imaginations take over, and I'm not going to vote for that guy. Well, they did release because a report. It's just dirty politics, is what it amounts to. Do you see anything there that we would... Uh, I see more in uh, 30 seconds of the Portland riots that could put people away for life. Uh, you know, well, it's that's, a, it's that's a not really applicable guess, to the let's, situation. Let's talk about it for another couple of months because the fact is, the fact is there was there is a crime in here, and the crime goes to now governor for uh, holding up that thing and also having interference with Maki and also having interference with so, the young. So you you honestly think that not seeing this video had an effect on the election that happened in November? I didn't say that exactly. Well, no, you just did. Tell me how it. Tell me how it helped things. Tell me how it hurt things. Ouch! It hurt me. I sat. I sat out the vote. I was disgusted with the fact that there was no transparency. So, because there was no transparency, you, you wouldn't vote for the guy that you thought should have stayed in office. For governor, for Christ's sake, you're running for governor. Now, come on, be transparent. You can't win on your merit. And, uh, you know. I think you're making a weak argument to be able to try to attack her. I think Hiroshi deserves a tip of the cap because he matter of fact, he said this is a, this is a nothing burger. And that's uh, not I what he said. It could be. Uh, it could Don't be mischaracterize what he said. He did not say it was a nothing burger. Tell me what he said. He please. said that when Marcus asked him about whether or not the recounting that people were in flex cuffs within 90 minutes was at, was was the truth. Uh, Haro said that that was mostly accurate, but he didn't say it was a nothing burger. He said that the the way that they handled this this detainee that didn't want to get down on his knees, he said in his opinion was excessive force. That's not a nothing burger. Okay, then he's going to bring charges, correct? There's a, there's there's litigation pending on it. Okay, there's litigation. Could you name any of the plaintiffs, or could you name in general what what avenue they're going down with? Uh, no, but Mark, I don't know what off the top of my head, but, but but it was covered during the election. They talked about it during the election. Uh, one of them actually called in during the uh, during the debate. I think it was, or one of the appearances that Sheriff Hod then Sheriff Hodgson made here. So no, it was it was covered pretty well. Okay, so Bristol County taxpayer, which I am. Uh, have I ponied up yet? Are we lawyered up to go I, after I don't, this thing? I don't know what the situation is of it. Nobody knows anything, but we keep talking about the story. We got to know these things. Well, we're go talking about it because we just saw the video for the first time, so we're talking about what's in the video. We should have been preparing for this. Well, you're trying to deflect from what's in the video. I'm not deflecting Did the you watch it? of the video. I've seen enough there to tell me that uh, there should be criminal charges brought. Against However, I don't see anything on Hodgson as neglect or anything else because he was in the forefront trying to get this thing put out for the people to decide. The people to decide. The ones I, who do the there's, voting. There's, a, them to see there's a moment in one of the it. early videos where Hodgson says something to the effect of, you know, we're going to get this on video and show the people what, they, what they're like. I'm saying one thing about Hodgson. He's always been, a, uh, if, if they're going to throw it at him and take a punch, it better be a best punch because uh, this guy can withstand just about everything like a hurricane barrier. Ex except an election, apparently. An election did. I obviously think it was his time to go. And, uh, and I'm glad he went because I love him as a talk master. He's, he's doing a great job here. I'm loving he's him, too. He's the best, I'll tell you. You're not going to find a better genuine um, at Bristol County and he goes all the way back to Governor Welch. I uh, selected this man when he was on your uh, city council. I would. And so the first first I, little bit of time he was sheriff, it was a non-vote. Then he got elected every time after that. And I'll tell you one thing: he goes right up there. I would think he goes he's up there with your best. I would think he's probably you know still a little sore about losing the election, but he's got a, a really bright future ahead of him with so. a second career here. 
I think I think his career is like a baseball season, 160 something events or whatever. And this was a big chapter what he done as sheriff. I don't think anybody's going to ever equal it. And I believe that Mr. Rosas, I'm not out trying to equal him or compare myself to him. I'm here for six or twelve years, and I'm moving on. And I like that levity. So I I was afraid of Hero, and I like him. The more I hear Hero, the more I like him. And like they say, he's no Tom Argent. I'm trying Tom Argent ain't no whatever. And you know it goes on and on. But I'll tell you, if you want quality, Tom was five stars. And if this guy's three or four, we've done good. Sure. All right. Thank you for the call. Bye. Have a good day. 508-996-0500. Let's squeeze in another one here before we get to take a break. Good morning. You are next on WBSM. Yeah, good morning, Tim. How are you? Well, all right. You know, this it gives the appearance it's uh, politically motivated because uh, this incident happened in 2020. And uh, Hodgson asked for those videos to be released. He was told it was um, Mayorkas. The, the Department of Homeland Security was supposed to release it. And then comes to find out it's Attorney General Maura Healy was holding it up. Uh, why wasn't this shown uh, right from the get-go? Well, no freedom it, of information for people to see it for themselves. In the beginning, uh, you know, he was saying that the governor, that the uh, state attorney general's office had to release it. They were saying he had to release it. And then they found out, I guess, that they had to sit on it because of this, this uh, Department of Homeland Security report. Right, but, I mean, uh, it seems, uh, well, from what I heard on South Coast tonight, that it, all along from the get-go, it was uh, attorney, the then Attorney General Maura Healy that held this all up. And here we're, we're believing all this time that it was Mariocas that was holding it up, Department of Homeland Security. And all along, no. it was, according to your, your radio station, that's how I understood it. Yeah, I think, I think that that was probably the case like all along, but I think that there was some, so I think it was always the fact that there was this Department of Homeland Security report that was keeping it from being released. I think neither the Bristol County Sheriff's Office or the State Attorney General's Office understood that at the time. You know what I mean? I think that's why they were kind of saying, you release it. No, you release it. I, I believe them if they, if neither side realized that it was because of Homeland Security that they couldn't release it. Well, the, the sheriff said uh, on Friday with uh, Marcus and Chris that he followed all the protocols and as a matter of fact, he uh, he contacted uh, uh, the Department of Homeland Security, Mayorkas, to uh, to to, to uh, uh, release the multi uh, multi page report. I don't know if it's something fifty something pages, and still still to this day, uh, Mayorkas hasn't released it. So I mean, I'm just saying, to what extent it would sway an election, I don't know. But Maura Healy at the time was saying that uh, he was that uh, Sheriff Hudson. Uh, was was not doing his job uh, properly, and that uh, those migrants were being uh, weren't being properly uh, taken care of. Well, I and mean, also, if you if you look at some of their complaints of being not not uh, socially distanced, uh, you can see in the video, you can see for yourself just how close that the bunks were. You know, you can see the the kind of um, conditions that they were living in, all being in one closed quarters like that. So, you know, you can see that some of their complaints were valid. Some of the things that they had concerns about were apparently valid by what we see in that video. Well, now everybody can see it, and you can see, you, people can just determine for themselves. But they should have been released a long time ago. And it's it's political baseball, back and forth. You know, it's uh, Mayorkas, then it's Healy, and then Healy doesn't know, and then it was the sheriff's supposed Hodgson was supposed to release it. So, you know, we, we're not, we weren't told the truth from the get-go. Uh, and, you know, what kind of sway you had in the election, uh, you know, we'll really never know.
Well, I agree with uh, with with former Sheriff Hodgson that it, the report should be released, and we've put in requests for it. Uh, I'm sure his office, you know, I'm sure you know when he was still in in office, he was putting in requests for it, and uh, and maybe we'll get it now. Now that these videos have been released, maybe now we'll get the the full report. Well, the other thing I recall from that uh, talk on Friday night, South Coast tonight, was, you know, if Mayorkas had given those reports, uh, the multi-page report, then if he did anything wrong, he would make corrections. But, you know, this accusations being brought against uh, the then-Sheriff Tom Hodgson, you know, and let the report, let everybody, the Freedom of Information Act, maybe you guys can try to, you know, uh, contact his office uh, under the Freedom of Information Act, just like the videos, and let people read for themselves. I just, I, it also, is taxpayer dollars that every, pay for that report. Everybody throws that term around like they know how it works and, and what it means and, and all of, you know, like the, because because you just yell at the federal government, Freedom of Information Act, they're going to say, oh, yeah, you're right, I'm sorry, here you go. Like it yeah, doesn't, but who, it, who, pays, it, who pays the salaries? Who's paying for the paper that, that's printed on? But that's... That's fine, but that doesn't mean that that's going to make it make it happen any faster just because well, we're yelling freedom of information. Act. And we, well, I'm, my my point, Tim. I didn't mean to interrupt. It's transparency. The Democrats all about transparency. Well, let's be transparent and let everybody take a look at it. All right. Well, I'm going to agree with you on that. Let's let's, uh, let's agree there. All right. I do have to take a break. We'll be back in just a few moments. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Say you just heard me there talking about one of the best breakfast spots around, just another Phoenix restaurant on Fawns Corner Road in Dartmouth. And if you're gonna, if you're looking for something to eat, if you're looking to go out and get some some late breakfast, some brunch, I recommend going over there. And although it was a weekend special, just ask. It never hurts to ask. They're so great over there. If they have it, they will make it for you. But you might want to ask if they have any more of the Reuben and Swiss omelet. It was one of the weekend specials, $13.95, pastrami, sauerkraut, Thousand Island dressing in an omelet. You were thinking to yourself, Tim, that sounds insane. It's insanely good. Believe me, the Reuben formula works in so much more than just a sandwich. Don't limit it to just a sandwich. You you would you would do a you would do a hash omelet right with corned beef. Why not do some pastrami in there? Have pastrami, some Swiss. You might put Swiss in an omelet. Thousand Island dressing goes way better in an omelet than you think that it would. Trust me on this. Try the Reuben omelet if they if they still have it there. If not, you'll have to wait till the next time they bring it out on special. But if I know everybody over there, they'll make it for you if they have any of the ingredients left. And that's the kind of stuff that they do over there at Just Another Phoenix. They think outside the breakfast box. It's not the stuff that you're used to having everywhere else. I mean, they have all of that, sure, but it's always going to be something different and something creative that you can say, I never thought of that. And don't be afraid to try it. I used to tell people all the time when I was a breakfast cook, and they'd say, I, I just can't make up my mind. I don't know if I want to try that. 
or if I want to go with this, you know, thing that I, I know that I like. And I would always say to them, hey, listen, take a chance. It's breakfast. It's not the last time you're going to eat today. Just give it a chance. It, 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 you're, it's worth it. If you're ever going to try something, breakfast is the time of day to try it because you're going to eat two more times and you'll forget about it by the end of the day. But uh, I think if you have something like the Reuben omelet, it's going to be unforgettable and you're going to be thinking about it all day. So check them out. Just another Phoenix on Fawns Corner Road in Dartmouth. Going to take my final break of the hour. We'll be right back. <laughs> We are just about ready to go into the newsroom. When we come back on the other side, we can talk more with you. Coming up in the 11 o'clock hour, we're going to be joined by Jack Spillane of New Bedford Light. As we will be turning on the light, we will talk about, I'll, I'll get his thoughts on the videos that were released of the incident at the Bristol County Sheriff's Office Ice Detention Center. We'll talk to him about that. We'll talk to him about his column last week about uh, the need for sprinkler enforcement to be more seriously pushed in New Bedford and uh, many other things that we can discuss with Jack and with you at 508-996-0500. Coming up in the... For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.